Welcome to Nadi Day Fiance WTF podcast, a weekly hangout to talk about what the fuck we all just watch on TLC's Nadi Day Fiance. I am Nadia, and with me is my co-host Lon. What's up, everybody? Welcome back, Lon. Tu eres mal influencia. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Wait, what does that mean? You are that, that literally translates to you're a bad influence, and that's what. <laughs> Isabel said to Gabe's friend, "Yeah, do you have something against me? (laughs) (laughs) We all, Nadia's not a bad influence. I'm just joking. (laughs) But yeah, that was a funny scene, but also like unnecessary to me. Yeah. It was just there. It's a filler scene, I feel. But yeah, do you want to start with Gabe and Isabel? Yeah, let's start with Gabe and Isabel. So I actually like bringing in the friend and um, kind of reminding us why this could be a bad idea. I think that was the purpose of having the friend. I think even though they know this is going to be an important decision to come out to the family, they're underestimating, I think, the reaction. Mm. And we know it's going to be bad, but however we think, it's nowhere near as bad as it really could be. And the friend saying, look, this place, (laughs) this is a very like super religious over here. The dad is very, yeah, like this is... Like, this is serious. (laughs) Like, the friend had to remind him. And I think my takeaway for that lunch scene, I don't know, it showed sides of Isabel and Gabe that I didn't like. And, you know, we're all human. So I think um, these are normal things to have. But one, I wrote down that Isabel could be possessive or, you know, the jealous type. But on the other hand, I think Gabe gives her reason to be. And Mm. I didn't like that. Because automatically, like, my man side is going to go, oh, you know, I don't like that she's possessive and jealous. Mm. But then I saw how Gabe's acting. Why wouldn't she be that way? You know, when if there's three people at a table, two of them are speaking in a foreign language, and then the other one's going, shh, <laughs> you know? And then you say, oh, what are y'all talking about? And yeah. then they go, nothing, nothing. What the fuck? <laughs> what, yeah. right? I'd be like. Come on, man. Automatically. And then to make it worse that that's your spouse, future spouse, whatever, fiance. Uh, You know, and he did it a lot. He did it a lot. So, of course, she's going to be like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Every time he's with his friend, she's like, hey, what are you guys talking about? And if this is normal, that he's like, nothing, nothing. Of course, she's going to distrust your friend. She doesn't want to distrust you. So she's going to take it out on your friend. Like, you you can't be doing that, you know? (laughs) You really can't be doing that. And then fast forward to them going to, what was it, El Carmen, right? To Mm -hmm. visit the parents. Yeah. What do you think about this whole revealing that you're trans? Because here's what I think, right? We love this couple. Like, I think this is one of our favorite couples so far. Mm-hmm. why would you jeopardize your relationship? And first of all, I think you tweeted about the ultimatum, which again, it wouldn't have to come to that if Gabe decides to hold back on... Not the, reveal. The reveal. Or and, not and, come out, right? <clears throat> yeah, and maybe, again, I, I would invite folks who are trans, uh, from the trans community to comment on this as well. Because to me, I feel like especially because he had his gender affirming transformation 
I don't see the reason why he has to go around or even reveal that he used to be. Right. I'm of the perspective that trans men are men. Yeah. Trans women are women. Yeah. Right. And so he's a man now. Yeah. So for me, for all, you know, intents, uh, and purposes. intents and purposes, he's a man, he's marrying your daughter. And if this doesn't have to come to light, it doesn't have to. Where for me, it becomes a sticky issue is it's going to be on TV. And, and if they're going to find out, then it's best to find out from Isabel and Gabe. And that's my only, that's my only argument. Aside yeah. from that, it's Gabe's business, whether he wants to come out to the family or not. Mm -hmm. And to your point, it would make it so much more convenient for their relationship if it's like, look, I'm a man. That's all that matters. Yeah. It doesn't have to be anything more than that. Yeah. We don't have to complicate things as much as they are now. It can be as simple or as complicated as we make it. And if Gabe chose not to come out, it would have been much, much easier. Right. Yeah. Now that you mentioned that he's probably doing it because of TV, totally by that reason. I don't know how popular 90 Day Fiance is in Colombia <laughs> and whether or not the parents would catch it on TV or even if they watch the show. I'm pretty sure they will now that you know they know that yeah. there's a camera crew following their daughter and their daughter's fiance. So yeah, I think that's a good enough reason to come out. Yeah, because the friends, right? It's also society. Yeah. What if word got back to them right, from right. a relative or someone who does yeah. watch the show? And then ooh, it would be, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Best to come from the horse's mouth for sure. Right. I was also thinking that maybe Gabe's getting in front of this mm. because it's to set expectation that he cannot give them kids because... I mean, biologically, right. I'm not sure if that's possible Like from what he described. So I don't know if it matters to the grandparents because they already have two grandkids. Mm -hmm. But if they were expecting Gabe and Isabel to have another, then at least Gabe could say, well, it's because I'm, right. you know. So I, I figured like maybe that's also the other reason why he's doing that. Yeah. That and, you know, there could be some peace of mind of just living an honest life. Mm -hmm. And he felt that he could be being deceitful and he didn't want that. He mm -hmm. didn't think that was a good look. And I think he prefaced it by saying that, like, I care about you guys. I think, you know, you guys are awesome. I don't want you to think I'm trying to deceive you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 I guess that's very, uh, very noble of him. Yeah. I didn't like that TLC did this to us again. Like, the whole, oh, we're going to do it. We're going to show you guys, you know, Gabe coming out. And it's just a cliffhanger. And you're uh -huh. just like, fuck, man, are you kidding? <laughs> yeah, like, again, they do the trailer and they yeah. show, you know, show a little bit. But, you know, I'm over here thinking, oh, man, this is the episode. He's going to do it. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then he does it. And then <laughs> they cut it. And you're like, man, come on. <laughs> All right. So let's go from Colombia to, I guess, another side of Colombia with Chris and Jamie. I thought it was sweet. I didn't even know they did glamping out there. I think I like the idea of that date. And um, I thought it was really sweet to have the second proposal, I guess the kind of official. She makes it super romantic and things like that. So I liked it. I think having Jamie meet up with her friends again could have been a bad look, but I understand that you know, Chris wasn't feeling so well. 
I don't know how bad Chris felt at the time. I would make an extra effort to meet someone's friends, though. Yeah, for sure. I think also, I could be wrong, but I thought she met up with her friends because she's unsure if Chris is fully committed because Chris mm. wanted to go back to Alabama to right. attend court. And then we found out later on that she doesn't need to go to court. Right. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, plot twist. Plot twist, exactly. That was just, it seems like an exaggeration, right? Yeah. You know, if I were to look at their love story, their relationship alone, I think it's romantic. I can believe that they're a real genuine couple. But mm -hmm. then when it's featured now on 90 Day Fiance and with all this kind of like side storyline, the or, side story, like <laughs> side quests, right? <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like it makes you doubt their relationship because yeah. now there's too many obstacles, too many weirdness, mm -hmm. you know, of course with Chris having the chronic pain and everything, it's just the attention gets pulled away from the relationship. And now we talked about her possibly being addicted to painkillers. And I think that's a shame because like you tweeted, we are all happy for them getting engaged again i guess and then i think next week we're gonna see them getting married getting married yeah. yeah yeah and you're right you're right on the surface like they really do they i think they really do care about each other they really do like love each other and i think these last couple episodes for me prove that chris is serious like chris wants to go through it and she is committed and you know, she she really wants to do this. And we just get sidetracked by the little side stories and, and what's going on, right? And people choose to see these things, which, you know, which are related. But at the same time, if we focus on the on the relationship itself, I think they love each other and they care about each other. And I'm going to hope for the best for them. Mm, same. I hope they're still together. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, I really hope they're still together. I thought if there's nothing else, we can move on to where you just came back from, Lon, the DR. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you happen to see Johan and Danielle and, you know, them driving a car with a luggage <laughs> strapped on the top. <laughs> oh, man. I forgot what happened the previous episode. I know folks, we're actually catching up on two episodes since we didn't record last week. But I don't like when... Danielle just, she's always grading their relationship. Mm. I'm not sure if that's the right way to say it, but it's almost very condescending every time. And she's yeah. like, well, he needs to grow up or he needs to think, you know, in the future, he needs to be better. At... I'm just paraphrasing, of course, <laughs> but what I'm referring to is the whole abortion episode where she didn't know that it was a miscarriage or abortion or something like that and then she she kind of flipped the blame on him it's always his Astounding. fault yeah, yeah it's always his fault always his fault and then this luggage thing okay how are you expecting your fiance to know how many luggages you're bringing over like he's not yeah. a mind reader guys like this, yeah he was sweet enough to greet her at the airport again with flowers and he rented a car which i thought was big enough but yeah. i guess not for 10 luggages it was his fault oh he should have had the common sense to know I... that if i'm moving out and i'm coming out here 
it's going to be a lot of stuff. Like, I would have made the same fucking mistake if you didn't tell me. Yeah. If it were me, if I was Johan, I'd have been like, why didn't you tell me <laughs> you had all this? I Yeah. I had no clue you were going to come with, what, 10? Yeah. 10 bags, 10 luggages or whatever? Like, I would have thought a car would have been adequate. Like, I didn't know you were going to bring the kitchen sink. Like, you didn't tell me you were bringing the kitchen <laughs> sink, right? Like, <laughs> what, what? I don't know. So you got to tell me these things. Yeah, I didn't like that. She didn't share the responsibility. Yeah, okay, he could have. He, he could have been forward thinking. He could have, you know, anticipated. I get it. But no one is psychic. Like, why don't you share the responsibility? Apologize that you didn't tell him ahead of time and say, you know, this. <laughs> let's work this out together. But no, it's it's automatically his fault. Like, yeah. you're, you're dumb. You should have known. I can't believe I can't believe how dumb you are. Like, no. Yeah. But I also didn't like how he turned this into a penis thing, right? Like, I'm the man. I'm the man. I'm the guy with the penis. I'm the man. You need to listen to what I say. I'm like, eh, that's not because, a good look. <laughs> is it because he said something about I tied the luggages so I should drive? Is that it was the, the it, Yeah, the argument was over whether he should drive or not. He obviously felt emasculated at the time. Mm. And I don't even think it was it was over really the driving. I think it was that when he tells her to do something, he expects her to do it. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I'm going to drive. And the fact that maybe she put up a fight and he's like, no, like, let me do this. You know, let me do it. Yeah, you're emasculating me right now. Like, let me do it. <laughs> and I think it was it might have been that like, why are you always, you know, you're always trying to fight with me when when I'm trying to do something. Yeah. It felt that way that he was just like he had to remind her, I'm man, you know, <laughs> you're a woman. You yeah. know, you do the things I tell you, not I don't do the things you tell me. Again, like this is where I don't know if I would go so far as saying that they're incompatible because here she is saying that she doesn't conform to the gender norms. I mean, good for her. But she's with a guy who's obviously feels emasculated by her. Mm -hmm. I mean, already she <clears throat> is the higher income earner. Mm, she has the money. Right. Like I'm losing my voice. She has the money. She's the alpha in the relationship in that sense. So he will always feel a certain type of way. He will always have a chip on his shoulder. He always feel emasculated. And I don't think she's going to compromise either because, you know, she's just hardcore New Yorker and, and she's much older than him too. So she, Oh yeah. And they're always going to bicker and argue yeah. because of that. So I don't know. He's how. trying to contribute in areas where he can. And even right. in those areas, she's like, Nope, you're not good enough. Yeah. You, you know, I'm the better driver. Yeah. You know, you fucked up with the car thing. Like, yeah. How can he win? You know? I, yeah. And, and of course he's going to be like, you know what? <laughs> I have a penis, by the way. <laughs> it, it, he starts to resort to that. Yeah. He has nothing else. At this That's point. the thing is that the fact that he has to remind her. Yeah, he has nothing else at has, this point. Yeah. What is that? that, that that's a new low. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> I feel bad for him. But yeah, I mean, sometimes I wish Danielle would just let it go a little bit, you know, like pick your battles, right? Yeah. That you just came from, uh, I don't know, 16 plus hours flight or seven hours. I don't know how long it took. Let the man drive you. Let the <laughs> man pick you up. Let the man drive you. 
I mean, you can make suggestions about your luggage. And I get it. I'm possessive over my own materials yeah. as well. You can make suggestions, but let the man drive you. So he, yeah. he doesn't look like a punk-ass bitch. She did have society. valid concerns though, right? Did she you hear to- what she totally said about does. the driving record? Yeah. Like less than a year and he's been... What, he had an accident. accident. <laughs> yeah. And she quick to remind him, I have 25 years of experience. 25 years of experience. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, and of course he would feel emasculated and yeah. I feel bad for him. But at the same time too, like she got a chill on some of those things. Yeah. Anyway, thought we can uh, go from DR to India. <laughs> So, Lon, do you think Rishi got what he wants? I think he did. I think he did. You know, I feel bad for Jen, but for me, this works out in their favor. Because I think after the things she saw, I think she also has doubts herself. At the time, I think she was ready when she landed to be engaged and married. And she's over here. You haven't told your parents yet. And then when he's like, you know, when the guy's like, oh, well, the other solutions to get married within the next 20 days. Then all of a sudden she's like, oh, oh, oh hold up. <laughs> so then it's like, okay, did she also just now realize too that maybe she is rushing into things? Mm-hmm. You know, you haven't sorted out the joint family thing. I think later on they do, but I think at the time she was at the lawyers. I don't know if they'd had the conversation. I, I forget the episodes are running together for me. But like, you know, you're unsure. You don't have the joint family thing settled down. You still question whether you're going to be engaged or fiance status. And she's like 20 days. You know, I don't know if if that's enough for me to be confident about marrying this guy. So I think for me, it was a win-win on both sides. My eyebrow raiser is I still think he's telling her and doing things to make her happy rather mm-hmm. than to advance the relationship. Right. So, okay, you did this. You gave me the ring and stuff. You're showing me the commitment, but let's move things along with your family now. Now you have the time. Mm-hmm. So can we establish now that I'm your girlfriend? You know, what? why wasn't he talking about that? Why yeah. wasn't he saying, okay, so you're going to be my girlfriend in X amount of time and then in the, the fiance in this amount of time, let's start setting dates, yeah. right? Let's start setting dates. And I don't know how comfortable you are, Nadia, talking about like your relationship, but many of us have been in long distance relationships. Nadia's had better luck (laughs) than I have. (laughs) But when you're in a relationship and you're trying to bridge the gap, the distance gap and stuff, if you're serious, you really start to set some hard dates down and say, look, like, where do I stand? And Let's move it towards there because he's giving her the ring. But in my head, he's like, he's only doing that to pacify her. Mm. Like, why aren't you saying, look, okay, we have this extra time now. Here's how we're going to progress the relationship. Or maybe Jen should have been more demanding on that end. Like, okay, well, since we have all this extra time, let's by the first year. Yeah. By the first year, we got to, we got to, you know, we got to be in a relationship. Like, yeah. She has to put her foot down. So for me, it just still seems like he's just telling her the things she wants to hear, going through the motions. But the real action comes with settling this with his family. And he didn't He didn't mention any of that. Yeah, and as someone who was in a long-distance relationship, you really have to work on the tangibles, right? You have to work on the things that, the milestones and mm. how you can close the gap. What's next steps? It's not right. about showmanship anymore. It's not about like, oh, let me like have a ring now. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> it's a symbol. But I think in a real serious adult relationship, 
you need action and you need action to move forward, like Lon said, right? You need to advance the relationship, especially given that they've lost two years because of the pandemic. Already, yeah. Yeah, and why are we still, you know, at this, like, I don't want to say impasse, but like they're at a standstill where they're not progressing the relationship forward they were just, like you said, like Rishi's saying things to appease her, to pacify her. And she's just taking it because she sees that as like, oh, he's serious. But then when you saw that conversation she had with her siblings and her mom, they're like, are you sure? Because if he's serious, like the family would know he mm-hmm. would have moved out. He would have made a lot more effort. But this guy's just sitting on it. Yeah. And that's the thing that me and my husband were talking about when we watched their scenes is that what Jen's brother said kind of hit the nail in the head. It's like, he's trying to say like, he's not that into you. Mm. If he is, he would have gushed about you to his family. He would have told the whole world. He would have made arrangements to welcome you in, you know, to Jaipur or he would have made things more comfortable he would have made a lot more effort. But he's yes. clearly taking his time. So maybe there's part of him that's unsure. Or a part of him that he's like not proud of when it comes to the relationship that he has with Jen. And I think we're going to find out that part of it is because of the age. Mm. You know? Yeah. And the, that's what Jen's mom said is that you're marrying into a very traditional family. Like, are you sure... This is the right thing for you. Are you sure they're going to accept you? You're not going to give them a grandkid. So how sure are you? I mean, maybe that's why things are not progressing along. Yeah. And according to the previews for next episode, is he is he talking to other women? You know, like, looks like he's DMing people. And we don't know how serious this is. Like, yeah. I know TLC likes to feed us little tidbits and have us jump mm-hmm. to conclusions. But you know, if you're sending a shirtless pic to a another woman, that'll raise an eyebrow. So, and you're ask, supposed to be engaged, right? So, but let me ask you this: Wouldn't Rishi be smart enough to kind of see that Jen's friend is connected to Jen via social media? Was it Jen's friend? Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's <laughs> trying to catfish him. I mean, uh, I I don't know if she created a fake account, but I'm assuming she did, and maybe that's why Rishi felt it was safe to reply with a shirtless pic, but. If it was her actual account, I'm pretty sure he can trace it all back to like, oh, this is Jen's friend. Why would I fuck around like that? Part yeah. Of that, you know, but. Some guys aren't smart enough. We don't know yet, though. I don't know. I don't want to jump to that conclusion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that scene where she met up with a lawyer. and He was just showing her like, it says here, single entry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, oh, that's so obvious. There goes her double master's degree out of the window. (laughs) Yeah, I like that lawyer guy. He was pretty blunt, too. Yeah, he was like, this is crazy American behavior. crazy American behavior. Like, (laughs) what? Like, and you're expecting what? What? (laughs) No. (laughs) Probably have dealt with a lot of that. And he's just shaking his head. He's like, another day, another crazy American asking me about... A visa that only allows single entry, but yeah, yeah. he didn't seem sympathetic at all, right? He, he was not. just kind of there with a straight face, like, like, yeah, yeah, show me your uh, visa again. <laughs> nope, <laughs> like, no, there's nothing we can do for you. No, yeah, 
he even had to bring up the 20 day thing like he didn't he didn't he didn't like he wasn't forthcoming with that information until later like he was like yeah. no there's nothing we can do <laughs> and his boss is just like giving that stern like yeah yeah <laughs> what he said yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was quite a scene <laughs> all right so speaking of a scene i mean I just want to say, Debbie, if you're going to be acting like that when you see a camel, of course, people are going to look at you. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's dial back to the previous episode that we didn't cover. It was kind of disappointing, like the way Osama spring that whole like, well, kind of need you to go back. Yeah. You know, and did we predict that? I figured like I predicted that because I was like, well, she still has a house. I had a feeling that she may have to go back but then I didn't expect it to come from Osama like I didn't expect it to be his suggestion right right there were a couple of things so I understand where the miscommunication could have taken place but there was still some deception there there was still mm. some deception there I understand what he's saying right like social media isn't real and yes we talked about our hopes and dreams and stuff you know on the internet and stuff but in reality, we have to see how we how we fit together, the family dynamic and sure. whether you'll like it here. So I, I get what he was trying to say there, but he did get caught when she said, why didn't you tell me these expectations and stuff beforehand? And he said, you wouldn't have come. Later on when he's like, oh, you know, misunderstanding this, misunderstanding that, you still, and you admitted to it that you deceived her because if you knew, you knew that if you said something about it, she would not have come. And again, these manipulations, right? He's not the first person to do it. He's not the first person to withhold information for selfish reasons so that people would visit or what, whatever, you know, like the, he's not the first to do it. Yeah. So that part for me was like really, really disappointing. I understand where he's getting at. But at the same time, I think when people are telling you that they're going to move or that they're turning their lives over, right? Like you owe it to them to to give them the entire picture so that they can plan accordingly. Yeah. And Debbie and Jen now too, right? Like granted hers was, you know, her single entry visa makes it a moot point, but these are women that are coming over here with virtually no other plan other than I'm going to make it work. And right. then if you're not giving them the entire picture and you're sending them back home, <laughs> not a good look. Yeah, not cool. These women uprooted their lives thinking that they're going to, like you said, make it work with their loved ones overseas. And then here you are saying, well, I don't view this relationship as real. And while there is a valid point there, he still owes it to Debbie to be upfront. Yeah. And again, maybe this is where the loss in translation, like you said, if he were to be upfront, maybe she wouldn't have come. Maybe right. she wouldn't have uprooted herself and I wouldn't blame her right? because then she could have negotiated something while they're still communicating over social media or whatever online, right? She could have said like, look, either we continue with this relationship and close the gap and you accept that I'll be staying there or we stay like this and then kind of fade out. Right. <laughs> and there's going to be an impasse then. Yeah. It uh, makes me wonder what was said because the plan according to her was they were going to move into Rabat, right? Mm -hmm. And like, they didn't have a conversation of how that was going to happen first, or maybe they did. And that's why she's pissed off, which also makes me say, we get to see like the strong Debbie, 
you know, we kind of think of Debbie as this like colorful character that's, oh, spacey, look at this camel. Behind all that is a really strong woman who doesn't take shit, right? We saw that side. And for me, yeah. that was refreshing. Yeah, That was a side of her I didn't think she had. She's like, yeah. no, like, I can't believe you, you did this to me. You know, <laughs> she was really like, you know, Sama, I don't know. You know, <laughs> with her peacock feathers and stuff. And, <laughs> you know, she was really pissed off. And she's yeah. like, I don't know. This is fucked up, you know. And it was a different side of Debbie that we got to see that I thought, you know, was entertaining in its own right. Yeah. It was classy too. Like she could have caused quite a drama, but she oh, yeah. kind of held her ground and she was calm and she didn't turn into Angela. And here's the thing: yes. you, you can be defiant, you can stand up for yourself. Yes. She didn't pull the I can't believe it, I'm fucking American. You know, like she didn't do that. She didn't turn into a, a fucking Karen, you know, and yeah. and just become the worst <laughs> that America is, you know, on a on 90 day fiance, which we see so much of, right? She did. She handled it really well. Yeah. Props to her for that. She held her ground and she told him what she thinks and she didn't flip the table. Yeah. Or do Throw drinks in his face, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> but yeah, she didn't assault him. Yep. She didn't berate him in in a way where it's condescending and it's you know demeaning I, I yeah I think that was very classy of her so props to her and I don't know Sama like I feel like so far I'm not quite convinced yet especially when now he took the time to tell her like well I expect you to be a typical Moroccan housewife and yeah. I'm like Half Moroccan, huh. right? Half Mor yeah. A half Moroccan. Half Moroccan, but he still listed down all the gender-based chores. Which half are we talking about? Yeah, that's why <laughs> I was like... strong, independent half, maybe? <laughs> like, which half is that? <laughs> well, maybe he does expect her to bring in the money while doing all the other half mm. of domesticated wife type of work. And I'm like... Hmm. Yeah, I don't know okay. about that. And I'm not sure if you caught what he said about, oh, well, you you got to learn how to milk cows. And I'm like, yeah, he nah. did the thing. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> I already predicted that, nah, 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 Debbie's not going to. Nah, at 67, she's 67, 67, right? Yeah. Nah, at I don't know. Again, I don't want to say numbers, but at a retirement age where Debbie is at right yeah. now, having raised two kids and everything, having been a wife twice, do you think yeah. she wants to go to Morocco to like fucking cook and clean and, yeah. you know? And I'm not saying, we're not saying this to be like ageist or ableist or anything mm -hmm. like that. I'm just like, these are duties, you know, reserved for, you know, more. Yeah, yeah, I get it. In I, this context, I, I, I want to say in this yeah. context, like I'm just saying like, I mean, if anyone wants to do it at any given age, that's their prerogative. That's but fine. I'm just saying like, in this context, like I don't think Debbie went to Morocco thinking like, I'm going to be someone's domesticated wife. like The farm woman. Me. The farm woman. I think she just wants to be with Osama on her own terms mm -hmm. and leading that whole like hipster or hippie lifestyle, you know, painting, yeah. writing poems. Writing poems, right. Writing Going poems, to the beach, painting, riding camels. <laughs> being in love. Yeah. yeah. You know, like I think she's self-aware that this is the twilight years and she just wants to be happy and she just wants to ride off into the sunset, not trying to be like the kind of wife that she was to two other guys previously mm -hmm. you know what i mean like anyway speaking of uh, wifey <laughs> oh man do we have a lot to say about 
Really Nicole. Nicole and Mahmoud. And Mahmoud. Yeah. Stuff that we haven't already said before. Right? <laughs> yeah. You know, I have to say, my husband and I, we thought that their scenes, it can be summed up by one word. Clothing. Clothing. Every, everything is about clothing. It's it about, is. It, you argue about clothing. You argue about swimsuit clothing. You argue mm-hmm. about not covering up clothing. Right. It really is. It really it is comes about down to it. the clothing. It comes down to yeah, it. yeah, it's always, it's always that. So for me, these past two episodes, there were moments, genuine moments between them, where I could see glimpses of what made them happy in the past. It was bittersweet because, like, I understand the state that they're in now, the condition they're in now, but you do see little glimpses of, of her looking at him fondly and him you know, saying I love you and and it's not just like a sweet nothing, you know. But again, I don't know if she's being aloof, but she's saying, oh, you know, you just need to compromise. Like there's a difference between people making personal compromises and then having people like change a religion. That's a different, that's not really a compromise because you're trying to have them control the society around them and a, and a religion that's practiced outside of their own, right? But on Twitter, somebody commented, oh, well, there are other Muslims who aren't as strictly practicing as him. I don't know enough to speak on that. I don't know the impact it would have on Mahmoud if he were to be that type to maybe cherry pick what he practices and what he does not. And maybe he could lighten up and be that way, but I don't know. I don't know enough about that area. If he were to do that, I know for sure his family wouldn't like it. So already, that's already going to impact him. So much, you know, side of his family, the society around him, we don't know how they would act. And if they are more tolerant about that, I could kind of see, okay, you know, ease up a little bit. But right on the family level already, they're like, no, you need to teach her. You need to teach her how to be. So I don't think there's any room to compromise his religion. I, I understand that people can make personal compromises. I understand that. But I don't know if she understands what she's really asking him to do here. Mm hmm. Yeah, I guess I can speak to it a little bit. Disclaimer, obviously, I'm not Egyptian, but I'm born Muslim. And I can say that judging from Mahmoud's situation, I think we we know that he doesn't come from the bigger cities. He comes from a rural area. He may work in the city in Cairo, but I think judging from like the dialogues and the conversation that he and his family had, you can tell that they come from a very conservative Muslim family where, I mean, they really harp on modesty, clothing, covering up, prayers, five times a day. So yes, while there are Muslims out there in Egypt or elsewhere that are not as strict, like myself, for example, Mahmoud being the male in the family and being the male of their household He's expected by his community, his society, and his family to uphold the religion and the culture aspect of their relationship. So I think he's trying his best to compromise, but she just keeps pushing it. You know, like from his perspective, he sees this as, well, you converted willingly to my religion. And granted, he may not have given her the best preview or education on Islam before she converted She's a grown-ass adult and no one put a gun to her head to ask right. her to convert. And I think if you watch the previous episode before the last two episodes, one of the family members, if not the uncle, said that 
technically she doesn't have to convert because Mahmud is the Muslim in the family and he would have accepted her as a Christian or as a, mm, right. as a Jew because I think, again, this is, I know this sounds weird as I'm speaking this, but as long as the, um, the wife is from an Abrahamic religion, she doesn't really have to convert because again, it goes back to my point of him being the, the Muslim of the, the marriage, the relationship, he has to be the one that guides her. Mm. along and he would have to respect her decision to not convert had she not converted but she did and but she did willingly yeah and then yeah. that's where she's like start to backpedal right she didn't know what she got herself into and when she found out i guess her feminist uh her western side kicks in and she's like wait a minute why do i have to wear a burkini right why do i have to act a certain way or why do i have to cover my head it's like she gets this culture shock. And yeah. I can see why people blame Mahmoud. And I feel bad because he's also not the most experienced. He's way younger. Right. I think we found out from his brothers too that this is his first serious relationship. Hmm. And yeah. he's expected to perform as the man of the house and provide guidance to her. And I think that's why he acted the way he acted. He's like... Oh, you want to argue with me? Okay, well, let's go home. Because that's how people in conservative society acts. Is that you don't put up a scene in public. We talk it out at home. Right. You know? And to your point, this is also something I, I made in my notes. To your point, his inexperience and his youth and mm -hmm. his maturity. And, yeah. and I can say that for both of them, actually. The relationship dynamic needs to be worked on because compromises and religion aside, I think both of them, sometimes they get into these arguments that happen in other relationships that are normal and their conflict resolution isn't there. Yeah. Either he'll walk off and she'll try to get to him or, she, or then the language barrier gets in the way and they're not saying yeah. the things they need to say. Or as she said, off camera, he was very passive aggressive. And maybe he doesn't understand what passive aggressive is. So he's over here clueless going, what did I do? Tell me what I did. And she was like, you know what you fucking did. And he's like, no, I don't like, you know what I mean? Because yeah. maybe he didn't know he was being passive aggressive, you right. know, but we understand and we go, that was some passive aggressive shit, bro. Like you shouldn't have said that, you know? Yeah. Even without all that stuff, just the maturity level, the relationship experience, maybe the youth has, it complicates it even more. And I think th those are things they also need to work on aside yeah. from assimilating and being at peace with the religious and cultural beliefs. Yep, yep, yep. Exactly. 100% there. I think he's passive aggressive, but she's also jabbing. She can be know? passive aggressive too. She's so if you convert to Muslim and then uh, or to Islam and say, I'm going to be a practicing Muslim and then say, not wearing the hijab is also, that's passive aggressiveness. Yeah. I don't know if she realizes that. Yeah. That's being passive aggressive. Okay, I'm yeah. going to do this, but I'm not going to do this. It's even more serious because, you know, you adopted the religion and then you're you're going to dictate like what you choose, you like know, you cherry pick, cherry picking again. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. And it's also the part where she has to cover up when she swims, but then he doesn't have to, because again, that's where there's that imbalance in the religion, right? That's how it is. Yeah. So for him, he can be bare body naked, but for her, she has to cover up, unfortunately. Again, this is the part where 
I wish she had done a bit more research. Maybe she could have background checked him in, or, or get to know him better because mm. there's a difference in how a non-practicing Muslim is compared to a practicing a strict Muslim is. So I think he's doing his best to like cover up for her and 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 compromise but i think she's also not helping the, her own case you know she's yeah. rebelling at every single corner it's like you're not helping this guy and and you're putting him in a tough spot there's a camera crew on him and his family is just very uncomfortable yeah yeah it's tough to watch yeah and you know what the kicker is here is that apparently uh, and maybe this is them sticking to their nda she just posted a very sweet Valentine's Day message for him. Really? Seems like they're still together, which oh. I find it very hard to believe. Wow. Okay. I don't I don't see them lasting, honestly. Yeah. Unless so in this my, is all for show. In my notes, I was like, this is the final straw. Like it's over. <laughs> I wrote, like, isn't it done at this point? Like, because what she did, what she did. In that in that final scene is very taboo. Like yeah. to get in that kind of altercation in public and to shove him and outwardly show like aggression. Like mm -hmm. he even said he's like, no, this would never happen, you know. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, it's over. It's it's done. Like for me at least. And what you said gave me hope. But at that moment for me, I was like, I don't see how you turn back from this. Yeah, especially. I mean, first of all, she cussed him out. Like, he yeah. didn't use bad language on her, but she cussed him out a lot. The other thing, too, about Islam that folks need to know is that when you say the word divorce multiple times, it actually come into fruition. Like, you really want it. It's almost as legal as an actual divorce that you sign the paper. So, so just I, saying it, saying it is like, as good as contractual. Contractually, kind of. yeah, going through with it. So again, I don't know how strict he is with that. Maybe he might not want to go through it. But the proper Islamic way, if a woman asks for divorce twice or said the divorce word, I think in Arabic it's called talaq. So if you say the divorce word at least twice, you're actually going through with it. Mm. It has to be taken seriously. Again, I welcome any feedback and comments about this but that's how i was told growing up as a muslim that if a woman in a marriage were to say i want a talaq i want to divorce you and she said it multiple times it's actually a thing that is serious that you would have to go through so again not sure how serious he will <laughs> take it but yeah like you said i also don't see how this could turn around uh, you know, I don't see how they can turn the corner. Mm, yeah. And on that bombshell, Lon, <laughs> let's wrap this up with our WTF moment. Yeah. So WTF for me, it's exactly what we just got done speaking about. This was serious. So for me, my jaw was dropped the entire scene. This is things that I've gone through in my younger years, you know, like spouts in public and not giving a fuck who was around and just going, I don't care. Give me some time. I don't want to see you right now. I think many of us have been there, have been angry and just, but this is different. This is different in this part of Egypt and in this culture and in this religion for the conflict to have gone down the way it did. 
And when I was seeing it unfold, I really like my mouth was open and my eyes were bulging like, whoa, this is nuts. And, you know, Mahmoud is over here saying, no, this doesn't happen. And I'm like, yeah, no, this doesn't happen. And, and I understood her point. Just leave me alone. I don't want to see you right now. I don't want to go back home. Just leave me alone. And in my head, I'm like, leave her alone. Leave her alone, dude. It's not going to get any better than it is right now. But yeah, there's just so much. There's just so much in that scene. So much emotion, so much like, holy shit, is this really going down the way it is right now? For me, this was definitely the WTF of the two episodes. What yeah. about you, Nadia? Before I say my piece, could you tell that he was also adamant about not losing control of the situation and of her as well? Like, even yes. though he was mad at her, I think he wanted to make sure that she's safe, which is why yes. he said, let's go home. If you want to cause a scene, let's go home talk it out at home and then you can walk away from me or you can do whatever you want but as long as you're safe even when she was going where are you going at least where are you going to go and he kept yeah. trying to follow her yeah just to make sure like <laughs> i just want to know where you're going to be yeah. at sometimes in that type of places you never know if you're alone and especially as a foreign woman uh you could be harassed and he's just looking out for her even right. in the moment of anger he's trying to look out for her safety and he even did the countdown for her, right? I mean, in a way, right? He said, well, I'm going to wait outside. If in five minutes, you're not coming with me to this Uber, then I can't do anything for you. Because I think at that point, he's very embarrassed. And Lon, that was the other thing I was going to ask you is that when he grabbed her, is that seen as abuse? Because I feel like I don't see that as a really bad aggression, but I can see how Westerners see that and they'd be like, whoa. Yeah. You know, Arab men, Middle East men being all aggressive and abusive. And I've seen that word thrown around in the forums and I'm like, huh. And I watched the scene again just to be sure because I thought, okay, maybe I took that very lightly. But then I can see that what he was trying to do is he's trying to make a point and trying to not let her go because she was trying to walk away. He was saying like, look, you cannot do that to me because just bear in mind in their society, you know, there are certain things that women don't do. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you as a male see that as abusive behavior. Yeah. So for me, obviously people are going to see it differently. People are going to bring their own experiences into that and their own perspectives into that. For me, I don't see that as abusive. And I, especially I don't see it as something as like domestic man or woman. If I was in an argument with somebody, man or woman, it doesn't even matter. Regardless of what religion, I could see if they were trying to walk away and me trying to call them to say, hey, like stay here, let's talk this out. And if they weren't, I could see myself like trying to reaching grab, out. reaching yeah. out. Yeah. It's for me, it's more of like, I'm trying to control the situation. I'm not trying to assault somebody. I'm not willfully trying to cause harm. Yeah. I'm not willfully trying to injure somebody. It's just, I'm trying to contain, you know, the conversation to where we are to within speaking distance. And I'm like, look, like, can you come here? You know? <laughs> I would do that man or woman, Muslim, Christian, whatever. 
Maybe not now because I understand if people need their space, give them their fucking space. And if they want to talk to you, they'll talk to you. If not, that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm not going to go chasing after you. I'm not going to force you to be here if you don't want to be here. So that's where I'm at now. But I can understand, yeah. you know, and if I were younger or maybe who knows in the future, if it necessitates that reaching out and trying to say, hey, like, <laughs> let's keep it right here. Right. Yeah. I'm not trying to harm you. I'd even if even if I were to do it now, I'd be like, look, let's just take it a notch down. I ain't trying to assault you or anything like that. So I don't yeah. necessarily see that as, as abusive. Okay. Yeah. Which is surprising because a lot of people are saying that like Mahmoud looks like a potential wife beater. And I'm like, man, people are so quick to. Yeah. To I don't know. Label, about that. You know, just because of, I feel like there's a bit of a bias there. But anyway, mm -hmm. my WTF moment is uh, when it was Sama dropped the ball to Debbie saying that she would have to go back when her visa runs out or <laughs> during the third month. I was like, yeah. just as and he's like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, I know. So you want me to go? <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then he started to explain his logic and while to him it makes sense like when you receive it it's totally ridiculous it is incredulous it is preposterous it's like what are you trying to say did you just see the number of luggages i brought like that's yeah. my entire home i'm trying to make a home with you and you're casually telling me to go back in three months uh, when I she said i hurt people I hurt my family, like, or yeah. something like that. I was like, I felt that. Like, she yeah. was telling people, I'm I'm out of you, like, yeah. I'm done, I'm gone. And then she has to face them back, like, yeah. you know, planes landing. Hey, guys, I'm back. Yeah, she has to do the gen. Yeah. Right? Like, you, you, you turn yeah. after 30 days, like, hey, guys, I'm back. Remember me? Yeah, I just feel bad for Debbie receiving that news from him or the... I wish he had given it a bit more thought, but I also feel like I'm cutting him some slack because of, again, you know, English not being his first language, again, culture differences, age difference, so maturity difference, mm. you know, it comes with I experience. forget about that. I totally yeah. forget about that sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Right. You talk to him about social media relationship, and I think it's mature of him to view that as not a genuine relationship. But what does she know? She's, again, not trying to be ageist or ableist or whatever. But maybe to her, she has a different take on social media relationship. Maybe to her, that's a real That's thing. real. That's real. Yeah. So Because in her younger days, that's what you did. You wrote. You wrote letters you wrote, and yeah. stuff. That's so, what you did. Right. And for him, it's like maybe social media is a play thing. Yeah. It's like it's where you get to know a bunch of people. And then the ones that you actually make a physical connection with when you actually meet in person is the one that you might want to take it a step further. Mm. And I think that's probably the message he was trying to convey, but it just came out wrong. And I can see how Debbie was so hurt. I was surprised when I heard those words coming out of Osama's mouth. And I'm kind of glad that in the following episode, they're on the mend. Yeah, and smoothed it out. Yeah, they smoothed it out. I'm still unsure though. I, I feel like even though they started out strong and cute and romantic, I just don't know how they're going to work things out. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm hopeful. I think they have a genuine relationship, but I can see it like not working. Do I want yeah. them to? Yeah, because it looks like they love each other. I think mm -hmm. without a question, we can say, yeah. If there's any couple on this show that's like that loves each other, genuinely mm. it's them you know i don't think either of them has ulterior motives here yeah like is love enough is this going to be a successful relationship uh, i don't know 
Yeah, I'm with you there. All right, Lon, we've come to the end of our coverage. Do you have any shows to plug or anything else that you yeah. want to talk about? Is it still International Women's Month? or is It's that... Women's History Month. Women's History Month. I'm so sorry. Yeah. So we're closing up uh, Women's History Month. Just wanted to wish all the women out there again a happy Women's History Month. I am watching Love is Blind. I'm also tweeting about the episodes. So get on our Twitter if you're watching it and let's chop it up. I'm not seeing any traffic. So it's I'm wondering if anyone who listens to our podcast also watches Love is Blind. So Love is Blind season four. I'm all about it right now. Hit me up on the Twitter. We're having conversations. Yeah. I just finished watching Dance 100. <laughs> Is it good? I, I like dance competitions. So maybe yeah. that's why I'm a bit partial to that. And I know we both also just finished The Last of Us, which is an amazing show. And I guess now it's being replaced by Succession, which I know mm -hmm. some folks are fans of. And by the way, I also just watched Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. It was surprisingly good. Pretty good, right? Did you see the first time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, did. Yeah. <laughs> I did, but I wasn't a fan because I guess I'm not a fan of military in the first place. So I'm like, I'm not that impressed. But right. I saw the maneuvers and everything and I'm like, okay, yeah, this is cool. Like this is what they do in the Navy and all that. And that's really cool. But then the fact that they're able to carry it over to Maverick, I was like, wow, this is a great transition. Mm -hmm. How they honor Val Kilmer's character. And... Right. It was a good homage to the original film. I yes. Think. There were scenes yes. in there, like the beach scene when they're playing volleyball in part one, then they yep. you know bring it to the football beach scene. And I'm like, yeah. I remember this. Yeah. And, the, you know, where he fucks up, you know, in the very beginning and then he rides his motorcycle out. I'm like, dude, yeah. this is so part one, like or in the tradition of Top Gun. There's just yeah. so many like very homage type things yep, in it yep. yeah 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 yep, yep. it's almost like coming to america like they try to bring back the really memorable favorite nostalgic moments. parts of it yeah. Yeah, yeah and then infuse it to like the current you know environment yeah. or whatever but yeah i am surprised i actually enjoyed it was pretty it good yeah, yeah. and the it. aerial scenes whoever did the photography or i oh don't know God. if it was all cgi but those were really intense That's, like i this mean is crazy <laughs> I would be surprised if it's real, but yeah, it's CGI, obviously. Like, I don't know if anyone would allow actors to fly an F, what was it, F-14, F-18 or something? Yeah, F-18. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. that's crazy, dude. Like, if <laughs> Tom Cruise actually managed to, like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, really good movie. I liked it. I recommend that episode. All right, folks. I know we're pretty delinquent with our uploads and I apologize. I'm almost there in my pregnancy, so Yay. forgive me. <laughs> All right. So yeah, that's about it. Be nice to one another and till next time. Till next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening, WTFers. If you love the podcast, give us a five-star review on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is appreciated and really helps us out. You can also find us under listener support on anchor.fm and donate for as low as 99 cents or on Patreon at WTF Extra. You can engage with us on email, Twitter, and Instagram at 90 Day Fiance WTF. We especially would like to hear what your WTF moments are each episode. We might even shout you out. Don't forget to like, share, and follow the podcast.